Welcome to the Mill Housing Nation podcast, where we bring you stories from real military spouses who have been in your shoes. From new spouses to veteran spouses, you'll get tips, tricks, and actionable steps that can help you along your military life journey. Now, here's Ashley Peebles. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Mill Housing Nation podcast. I am Ashley Peebles, and I'm so excited to introduce you to our guest today. I was introduced to her via email just a few weeks ago, and I immediately went to her website, and I pretty much just website stalked her. Like, if we're going to be real honest, everything I read, I just kept thinking, man, we are going to be such good friends. Like, this chick is my jam. Like, we were supposed to be friends all of this time. So, this is actually the first time we met, and I may have just scared her. So, everybody, you can you can listen in while I totally scare her in the fact that I've been website stalking her. But our guest today is an author. She's a speaker. She's a writer. She is, I mean, let me tell you what her her job title is on her website. It's military and first responder clinical consultant. Everybody that just heard that, they're so excited to meet you. So this is Corey Weathers. Corey, thank you so much for being with us today. Ashley, like for those that are listening to the audio, my cheeks hurt from smiling right now because you're just adorable and it is wonderful to meet you and wonderful to to just kind of hopefully encourage whoever's listening. So I'm excited to spend some time with you. So thank you. So tell us a little bit about, let's start with what's your connection to the military? And then because I've been on your website and I've looked around, why don't you just tell us like who you are? Tell us about your family, where you live, your connection to the military, but tell us what your passion is because you have developed something that I think is really unique that is very needed. And you've done it by really channeling into the things that you're most passionate about. So take it away. Tell us about you, Corey. Yeah. You know, um, and that maybe just to start to encourage someone out there that's listening, um, I think it can be really intimidating when you have like this little baby passion, you know, that you want to launch something big, you know, and you want to like change the world and, and just to like make it very realistic for everybody. Um, I've been a, a clinician for 20 years, so it takes time to build some of the things that we're talking about today. Um, but it, it did come out of a, a passion. And when Matt and I um, first got married, you know, we were going to be going into church work and I was going to go into counseling. And I always knew that I wanted to become a counselor and I specialized in trauma and women's issues there in the beginning. And then one day my husband came home and said he wanted to be in the military and I said, no, I just was like, no, you're crazy. Um, this is not what we talked about before we got married. And so I said no for a year and a half thinking this was just a phase and something that he was going to get over in a minute or two. And this will make everybody laugh because this is how, um, ignorant I was. Um, ignorant is bliss, right? Ignorance is bliss. And so if there's anybody listening, that's kind of going through this right now, I'm going to help you out. Right. So, um, he decided to sign up for the chaplain officer basic, um, course. And in my mind at the time, I thought, we'll just see how it goes. And if he doesn't like it, we'll just do something different. that shows you how much I knew in the beginning. Like he is very good at like somehow getting things past me. So we were in from there. No, he actually came home from, um, from basic, like fully alive, fully finding his own passion and has never been the same since in the most wonderful way. 
so when once we decided that we were both on board, which means I decided to get on board, um, we decided to come in as a team. And, and so I kind of shifted gears and really just decided I wanted to invest all of my education and my experience towards the military, military families. Um, my husband comes from a long line of police officers. So we knew that those that kind of um, lived a life of service, we wanted to stand in the gap of those families because we knew what they were likely bringing home and how that was impacting their marriage and their family. And so um, I, you know, to make it really short, I would say that I started off doing counseling and military spouses found out that I was also a military spouse. And I had like a six month waiting list simply because they knew I was a military spouse. And I knew, okay, there's a lot of stuff going on and there's a lot of need in the community and there still is. And so, um, over the years I have just really invested in whatever I could do to encourage military and first responder families. But I think there, there came a point where I really needed to see how, I mean, I really enjoy doing those one-on-one sessions, but I really needed to see how can I maximize my efforts, right? So I started to look at what could I do that could take some of those themes, some of those issues that I was seeing in counseling sessions, you know, session after session. If I was doing five hours of counseling sessions, some days it felt like it was the same issue over and over and over again. And I was like, wow, you know, if Sarah talked to Mary over here, like they would like heal so much. So that's where I decided, you know what, I'm going to do a podcast and I'm going to start talking about the issues that I'm seeing in the counseling office without mentioning names or breaching confidentiality. But let's just start talking about the issues and maybe just maybe I can reach more people than I can in those one-on-one sessions. And it's just grown from there. So um, now I do a podcast still. I'm I'm ending the sixth season of it. Um, and that has kind of been a fun journey that changes every season. Um, I have written a book. I never thought that I would um, write a book, but I had an opportunity to travel overseas with the Secretary of Defense and see troops of every branch. And um, I think it was five different countries and on aircraft carriers. And so that turned into a book that we could talk about if you wanted to. Um, and so just all of that um, is compiled in the life dash it's life giver is the brand, but life dash giver.org is the website where it houses all of this content that really is aimed to encourage your marriage and uh, make sure that your marriage thrives and makes it in this um, very difficult lifestyle. So that's the shortest way that I can say it. Um, But really, it really just comes down to, um, I really wanted to breathe life into people and we are givers, right? We serve, we we do our best to serve our families and serve our children and, and spouses in particular are serving everyone but themselves. And then our service members, of course, are serving our country. And so we give a lot. And so um, I really wanted to figure out what can I do to breathe life back into those homes. And um, and that's where Life Giver came from. I love it so much. And I'm so glad that I was not the one that had to tell your story because that is so beautiful how you packaged it all together. And it's so organic how it came about. Yes, you did all the hard work. You've been a clinician for 20 years, but isn't it amazing how military families, military spouses, they just feel so much more comfortable bringing their issues to someone that they feel like knows what they're going through. I think it is always hard to talk to someone when you know that they don't know what you're going through and you know that they don't know what it's like in your shoes. So for you to be walking the walk and talking the talk, I'm sure it just made everyone feel so much 
more confident in speaking with you and knowing that the things you were telling them is something that really, it's really something that can help them. So, well, can, if I can just answer that really quick. Um, yes, absolutely. And, and again, I mean, I was a military spouse too, as a clinician, right? So I was doing sessions with people going, wow, I'm kind of feeling some of this too, that they're going through, you know, so it was, it was validating for everybody. And, and as I started to help more people and that turned into starting to help organizations like the Red Cross or the USO or different organizations that were like, Hey, we've got families that need help. How do we send them to people? who understand. And so after also struggling to find um, referrals of clinicians that really could show that they understood, you know, you go to the website and you try to find a counselor and then you're not sure if they really do understand your lifestyle. And, and to be honest, that's simply because clinicians are not taught to put a lot of that personal information on there because it's about you, not them. And so it's really hard to find those clinicians, those military spouses, those veterans that understand. And so recently in the last probably three years, that's where the Life Giver directory came from, which is also on that website that really does help you. It's got, we've got over 200 clinicians across the globe right now. And there's, it's still growing every day of clinicians that are saying, Hey, not only am I either a military spouse or a veteran, veteran or a military kid that grew up and became a clinician, but they're all clinicians that have some kind of experience or education in serving families, what we would call cultural competency. And so that also became a side passion of mine because you're right. It is really, really hard to find somebody who understands. So I'm so glad that you brought that up. I literally had that written down because I do think not everyone, you do not have enough hours in the day. You don't, there's no way that you can help everyone that's going to be listening to this that just wants someone to listen to them and someone to correspond with and someone that just understands what they're going through. So when I saw the directory, I just immediately, I thought that is brilliant because it's very hard to find someone and you don't know where to go. So I want to make sure that we foot stomp that so that everyone gets there. And that's on life-giver.org, correct? Okay, perfect. Yes, yes. Wrote a book, Sacred Spaces, and you can get that on your website as well, right? Yes. And, you know, we could do a whole episode just on that book, but to make it very brief, this was in response to going overseas. And um, the goal of me being asked to go overseas at the time was um, that the Secretary of Defense realized that they had never taken a family member overseas to see deployment conditions who wasn't maybe already a service member or worked on staff, you know, for the DOD. And so the, the, the ask was that I was supposed to go over and somehow describe to families what I was seeing. And I thought like, how do you do that? Our service members do that all the time. They come home, they try to describe something. And so it really was a, um, first, first of all, mission for me to try to find those things and look for those things that I knew that military families needed to hear. But what it actually turned into was, was, a trip that radically changed my marriage because I got to see my husband from a different perspective. Um, I got to see different branches from different perspectives. And so the book is, is written very, it's a very vulnerable book where I share not only what happened to me during that trip and how it impacted our marriage, but also um, I walk you through our first deployment that was very, very difficult. You'll read emails from my husband that were very personal that he shared um, and how he was changing during his time in Afghanistan during that first deployment. 
And ultimately how um, that trip helped me release a lot of the resentment that I had towards this lifestyle, towards the changes that were happening in him, the changes that were happening in me. And how do you heal a marriage from like a two decade war, right? And the impact that that has on your relationship. So it's a very vulnerable book, but I'm very proud of it. It was, it was, an, it was a fantastic experience and, and really shaped a lot of my perspective now of how to not only work with um, family members, but the book is also written for service members to read because I I validate a lot of the things that troops told me over there that they needed family members to understand. And so the book is actually written for couples to possibly read it together. That is incredible. I can't tell you, I know you probably know this, but knowing that you get up every day and you put your pants on, you put your makeup on, and you're just Corey to you. We are all so thankful that you said yes to this lifestyle. Like how incredible is it that your husband had this feeling, he had this calling and he said yes to it. I just, I think it's incredible. I love to watch the way that we could never put this together. I love to watch the way that, that God puts things together and he calls people to different things because we could just, we could never do it on our own. Like we could never orchestrate that. So that is wonderful. And it's also a perfect segue to my next question. Tell me about, okay, so I know you have a podcast. What's the name of the podcast? Podcast is Life Giver, um, the Life Giver podcast. So you can find it on um, Apple or any of the other platforms that you use to find um, podcasts. Perfect. So everyone listening, whatever you're listening to this right now, you can find the Life Giver podcast. So that bridges the gap. Tell me about the Afghanistan series um, that is happening right now. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Um, the podcast is in season six and I kind of change it up every season. I I think it's just for my own sake. And I just hope that the audience like is graceful with the fact that I constantly change it every season. Um, but this season I really wanted to focus on what does it take to overcome and what does it take to become stronger? And, and then, um, the withdrawal of Afghanistan happened and, and not only hijacked all of our lives, right. But it kind of hijacked the podcast as well. Um, and so, and so did a, a, we went through a deployment this year that kind of, you know, hijacked my original intentions, but it still fit in with the overall theme. And so, um, season six covers, there's a couple of interviews in there, but, um, the USO followed Matt and I throughout the deployment and, and we did these webinars and you'll find that on the podcast of like month by month, how we were growing and what we were going through. And you can find that there. Um, but most recently with um, everything that happened with Afghanistan, I knew that as a culture, we were we were going through something very big, very strong, and it was pulling up a lot of really deep emotion and a lot of deep questions. And I could just feel the culture, the marriages in our culture were almost scrambling to figure out what does this mean and um, what is this doing to our relationship? And, and some of you out there are veterans and you had done a lot of really hard work on um, your past and deployments and bringing meaning to that. And then Afghanistan was bringing up these tough questions and the media was saying things like, is it worth it? And, and was this a failure? And just this strong language that I could just feel the hearts of families were just, it was like we were being stabbed for about five days there. And so the Afghanistan series um, was really meant to not get into political debates. There's no gimmicks. There's no, um, there's no frustration or anger or, or you know, me try, trying to tell you what to think. What I, what I actually decided to do was really sit and think, what are the biggest questions that we are asking because of what's happening in Afghanistan. That question, was it worth it, was one of the first ones that came up. And so what I did is I um, went to 
different people that would address that question. But instead of it being an expert that's just telling you what to think, I really wanted to go to people and let you listen to them process through that question. Almost so that as they're processing it, it's helping you process it. So that first question of was it worth it, um, a good friend of mine um, who's a gold star, her husband um, was lost in Afghanistan and now she's remarried. She processes through and answers that question and gives you permission from a gold star that it's okay for you to bring meaning out of that time. And it's just a beautiful um, interview. Um, I won't go through all of them. I interviewed my husband and you listen to him process his feelings after um, some very big things happened to him in Afghanistan. So you get a gold star's perspective. You get a service member's perspective. You get a Vietnam veteran's perspective because we were saying, is this our next Vietnam you know, um, war or hurt? Um, and we even tackle the very big question of leadership because that's the biggest question we've kind of been wrestling with lately is like, what do we do with our feelings towards leadership? And we have to be super careful with that question. And so it was a tough interview to do, but somehow um, I was able to bring someone to share their story. And I think in their story, you'll hear some wonderful wisdom on how to wrestle with that question. So you can find that on the Life Giver podcast. You can also find it at the website. There's a page just for it. It's on the menu. It just says the Afghanistan series. You can watch it on YouTube or you can listen to it on the podcast. We'll be right back after this message. Hey, Bill, how are you? listeners. I'm Lindsay Litton, the co-founder of Millhousing Network and fellow military spouse. And today we're briefly interrupting this episode to bring you this month's marketing update courtesy of Caliber Home Loan. And today's update is brought to you by my friend, veteran, and advocate for military families, Brian Burgess. Brian, what's happening in the VA business this month? Well, Lindsay, I'm not a fortune teller, but I will tell you uh, for all the folks watching this that if you are working on a refinance right now um, for your property that you live in. My suggestion would be just due to market volatility, the new administration, housing policies that will be coming out, and the Fed. If you are happy with the rates that are being offered to you now, I would go ahead and lock in and take it. Um, just because it's not worth the headache or the stress to float is a term used in the lending industry to just not lock in um, and ride the waves of the market. I wouldn't trust it. Um, I would just, if you're happy, go with it, lock in, close the deal, and move on. That would be my, my marketing update for this month. Well, thank you, Brian. I appreciate your insights on that. And if you have questions on where to start the home buying process, I encourage you to download our Things I Wish I Would Have Known Before Buying a Home Planner. The planner literally walks you through the entire process. And we've got a special link for you in the show notes. And now back to the show. We're back on Mill Housing Nation podcast. That is wonderful. I can't wait. I actually just saw the Afghanistan series this morning when I was going in at the last minute because I wanted to make sure that I got your title correct. And when I went in, I started clicking around again and saw the Afghanistan series and um, it just couldn't be more timely. So I'm very thankful that you tackle that. So I guess that is another great segue. What? So the last two years have been heavy mm-hmm. for everyone. You know, like who saw a pandemic coming? Like no one saw 1917 repeating itself, right? Mm-hmm. I actually saw the, um, I saw something posted on Facebook a couple of days ago that was like, this is how we combat the Spanish flu. It was very, very similar to what yeah. we are doing. I mean, eerily similar. Wear your mask. Like it was yeah. very similar. 
So no one saw this coming. Mm -hmm. And um, and even though we knew that there was a drawdown in Afghanistan, um, I think the way everything went down kind of shocked everyone, good mm -hmm. or bad, however you feel about it, not politically. I just think it was a shock to the intense. Yeah. And very, very uh, strong feelings from every corner. So what are you seeing? Like, are there common themes when you're talking to people? Because when I speak to people, everyone feels like they are the only one feeling this way. Or this is something that I mentioned on our last podcast. One thing that I heard that just broke my heart was we are, we are conditioned to think it could always be worse. So our problems must be very small if I'm not a gold star family. My problems must be very small if my husband is not deployed right now. What I'm going through is small and insignificant because my husband came home. So um, that was something that's super, it is stuck with me and it bothers me. It just kind of sticks in my craw because all of our feelings, no matter how big or how small, We've got to validate them. So what are the things that you're seeing? I think if you can just tell us some of the ways that we can help ourselves or help our community or validate those feelings, I really think this is something that um, that can help our community as a whole. Yeah, you know, I could teach a workshop off of just the statement that you just said, right? There's so much there. Um, you know, the, the first thing that comes to my mind is, um, you know, when we were in... When I was in undergrad, I had this most amazing professor who has by far been the, the most amazing person and an influential mentor in both my husband's life and in mine. And I remember she gave us this um, this assessment. It was like a tool, and you and you were supposed to check how many major life events that you had gone through in the last six months, and then you tally those things up, and then you get your score at the bottom, and it tells you, <laughs> and it tells you at the bottom um, how likely you are to have a um, a physiological or mental health breakdown within the next year based off of how many major life experiences have you gone through? And that is always, I know you're laughing, right? Where everybody's laughing right now, right? Makes sense. Because, you know, I, and I've been laughing every time I go back and, and think about that because this lifestyle has so many major life things that can happen in six months. And so not only do we have a pandemic, not only do we have the end of a war and whatever that means, right? We have people that are still PCSing, that ki their kids are going through tough stuff. Your marriage is going through tough stuff. And who, who knows what, you know, your, the issues that you are going through that even civilians might be going through, like medical scares and whatever else, right? And so we are a culture that is constantly going through major things, right? And so first of all, I think we have to pause there and go, you know, that is significant and it's going to take a toll on us. And it's, I want to just say, it's okay if you feel overwhelmed, exhausted, um, numb if you feel like you're not doing great right now because everybody is not doing great right now. And I know sometimes it's easier for me to come on as an expert and say, you, we can do better, right? Like if we just do these self-care tips, like we're going to feel better, you know, and, and there's some truth to that. We're going to get to that here in just a second. But first of all, I think we have to learn how to sit in this little pocket of reality and go, okay, I am going through a lot. And even this threat of a, of a new wave of 
COVID coming up. We've had so many people that have reached out that have said, I don't know if I can do this again, right? And there's no shame in that fear. And that is an overwhelming thought based off of what we've just gone through. And so I think it's okay, first of all, to realize that a lot of us are like maxed out on our stress levels. And I think once you're aware of where you are on your stress levels, then you can decide what you do about it. But you can't do anything or know what's the best thing that's going to actually help it if you don't assess where you actually are. And that leads to the second thing that you brought up, because when you said, which I have also heard the same thing, that you know we just constantly compare ourselves to other people and we numb out and we take this passive approach where we just say, you know, it can't be that bad. Somebody else has it worse. And so that's one of the things that I'm seeing, especially in the spouse culture right now, is that we are habitually trained over time to become more passive or passive aggressive. And some of that's coming from a feeling of helplessness. Like I can't do anything about a pandemic, right? I can't, other than wear my mask and whatever your opinion is on vaccines, right? There's little control that we have on that. And then there's, um, the military, that we don't have any control over where we're sent or missions or deployments and that sort of thing. And so over time, it's very easy for us to take that passive role and go, I can't do anything about it. So why worry about it? Why stress about it? Why make it a big thing? And it's also big in our culture to not complain about it, right? So so nobody does anything. And so we take this passive approach. And one of the things I'm trying to do now more than ever is teach spouses how to be assertive. Assertive is healthy. Assertive is saying, I'm not doing well and, and I need to take care, better care of myself and do some things for myself that breathe life into me. Whether that is joining a book club, you mentioned community, right? Whether it's a service project where you do get out and you do something because you have the bandwidth, or maybe it's you saying, no, I don't have the bandwidth to do that right now. And that's self-care, right? So assertiveness is being able to know where you are, know what you need, and ask for what you need assertively in kindness. The problem is so many spouses, when they are taught how to be assertive, it feels like that's aggressive. It feels like that's um, too big for me to ask or to, to ask for help is going to inconvenience someone else. And so we're that's one of the things that I'm working really hard right now on is teaching assertiveness and the difference between what's aggressive and what's actually just healthy. And so um, I would say the biggest thing to those that are listening right now, because it has been a rough couple of years and whatever you have coming right now is really to kind of uh, be aware, um, do a kind of a a, a self-assessment. And that requires you to slow down and pause and think about what you've been feeling lately. Think about what you've been thinking about. And the hardest part for spouses is to actually sit down and figure out what do you need? The number one answer I get from people is nothing. I need a chance to do nothing. Right? right? Well, that's great. Right? But usually what happens is when you get two hours to do nothing, most people, most spouses sit in their car and stare for two hours because they can't decide which thing to do first. Right? There's all the things. There's all the things I could do. And so when you are thinking about what do I actually need for me to be in a healthy place, um, maybe ask yourself what what brings you joy? What lights you up? Um, and some people don't even know that either. And so I ask them to go back and think about 
what made you so excited that maybe it even brought tears to your eyes before you were a mother, before you were a wife? Maybe it was in high school. Maybe it was in college. Those things that you really love to do that you put aside and said, oh, now I'm an adult. That's a childish thing. Whether it was music or dance or whatever, you know what it is as I'm saying it, right? Those are those things that I'm finding that a lot of spouses are starting to return to, to bring that joy back up in their life, service wise or otherwise, and maybe go and do it with a friend too is making a huge difference. So I'll just pause there, but that's a huge thing I'm seeing right now is, um, do you know what you need? Can you articulate what you need? And then do you see yourself valuable enough to actually actively go after that thing and make sure that you actually get it? without being aggressive and running over someone in the process. I need to say that. And you know, I think when you were speaking about being assertive and being aggressive and knowing what you mean, uh, knowing what you want versus passive, the first thing that came to my mind is as military spouses, we pride ourselves on being so strong. It's something like it is a trophy. Like in our house, we use the sentence. You wouldn't believe it if I told you how many times we use it a day. But we use the sentence, don't put that trophy on your shelf all the time with our, because we have two teenagers, 15 and 16. And that, since they were two and three and three and four, I can't do this. I'm this. I'm that. We're like, don't put that trophy on your shelf. You can do anything. You can do this. You can do that. But one of the trophies that I've put on my shelf that I dust off very regularly because I'm so proud of it is that I'm very strong as a military spouse. My husband leaves. I can do it all. He gets back. I still do it all. I don't need help. And I think that has plagued us as a community because we don't ask for help. Like whether we want it, whether we need it, we're just so dang strong. And I'm so proud of us for being that way. But being assertive is not any less, we're not losing any strength. We're no less strong because we're assertive. And I think we're from, by the way, I'm processing this all while you're saying it, but I think being able to figure out what we need and what sparks joy in our life and articulate it actually makes us stronger. And that might've been the first time that I've ever put all of that together. So if I can respond to that, there is, um, okay. So you're right. We are strong. I love to use the word grit by Angela Duckworth. If you've not read her book, it's fantastic. Um, but we are a gritty group of families, right? And, and I think we've got to be able to hold two competing things at once. Okay. It's not an either or just because I need something doesn't mean I'm no longer strong. Right. So we are strong. We are independent. We do amazing things. Like I thought the phrase that you were going to say was we can do hard things, right? Cause that's another phrase that goes around. Like we can do hard things. We have to do them all the time. Right. And we are an independent strong group of people that can do that. And that is true. We don't have to put that away. We can hold that in one hand. In the other hand, what I'm hearing from spouses is, but I also need permission to not be strong today, or I need permission to not be strong in this moment. And um, the amount of mental work it is taking to help spouses go to their husband and say, I don't feel strong today. And I would love for you to just hold me and let me just feel broken for a few minutes. Right. And then tomorrow I'll get up and I'll believe that I'm strong again. But right now I don't. And I need something. I need either that 30 minute walk that we talked about. Like when you get home and you're going to watch the kids for 30 minutes so that I can get out of the house and get some quiet. So the ringing in my ears will stop from children screaming. Right. Or whether that's 
you know, it's, I really need to go back to school. It's something I've been love, thinking about for a long time or picking up that instrument, whatever that is, it's okay for you to need something that doesn't make you less strong. I love it. I'm so thankful that we got to visit today. I've taken so much out of it. And generally, if I take something out of the interview, those are the ones that everyone talks about from then on, because it means that you've said something that resonates because I'm the lowest common denominator in any room. So generally, like if I get it and run away with it, everyone's like, oh, it's fantastic. But I wanted to just throw one more, one more thing out there before we close. When we were, my husband and I have been together 20 years, and we were a young military family, second lieutenants at uh, Biloxi, Mississippi, at, at Keesler. We had just lost everything in Hurricane Katrina. Like mm. everything had been thrown at us all at once. And then we had something else really big thrown at us. I remember sitting in my kitchen floor and crying and then stopping crying because I'm supposed to be strong, but looking at him and saying, no one gets through this. No one gets through this. And he said, they do. They just don't talk about it when they get to the other side. Mm -hmm. It was like, and that is what we, I was missing in that moment was people that shared their common experience, people that had gone through the poop to talk mm -hmm. about it. Mm -hmm. And that was what I needed most in that moment. And over mm -hmm. the last 20 years, that's what I've seen over and over mm -hmm. and over again is people think they're the only ones going through it. People think that they have no one to talk to. And that's why I'm so thankful to meet you and to have you to uh, to tell people about, but to have this directory to be able to give people so that they can find someone that has been through it or that can listen. You're not the first person. Our problems are not brand new. Mm -hmm. And I know that if I had had that directory or had you, because now you're my friend, but if I had had you 20 years ago, I wouldn't have had to figure it out all on my own. And thankfully, we made it through and we are wonderful, blissfully happy on the other side. But I just look back and think if I just had someone to talk to, I wouldn't have had to make all the mistakes myself. I could have used other people's experiences to get through it so much quicker. So I just wanted to say that to thank you for what you do every day. I'm sure hopefully people thank you every day because mm -hmm. you're making a huge difference in people's lives and in our community. And I'm just so happy that there are people out there like you that listened to their calling and followed it and said yes and were obedient to that calling because I'm someone that kind of stiff arms it when I, I hear a, a still small voice in my ear telling me to do something. I'm one that stiff arms it. So when you mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, maybe you've got these dreams and they're small and they seem, or they big dreams, but you seem small and it seems like, oh my goodness, how could I ever get there? I'm so thankful that you listened to that and that you pushed through to give us the platform that you have today and Life Giver. And I know that the things that you've shared today are going to inspire other people to take their big dream and to start with that one step and to move forward. But thank you so much for being with us today. Is there anything else that you would like to share with our community today? Um, thank you, Ashley, for, for inviting me. It's always a joy um, to, I mean, that you're right. That is, that is something that I feel called to do is just to inspire hope somewhere in some of the darkest places is what 
um, I really hope for. Um, you know, I would just say, you know, if, if anybody out there is, if you're looking for a counselor, go and check the Life Giver directory. If you don't see something in your area, let us know. I've got a team that are like trying to fill up those areas and find those people for you. Um, and that same team is a group of military spouses that are offering counseling and coaching in case you want to work with someone who has learned underneath me. I had to multiply myself at some point. Um, and so that's available to you as well. And um, really at the end of the day, just um, take, do one thing today that um, kind of ignites that spark back in your life. Do whether you sit for five minutes and just breathe and stare at a wall and that's what you chose to do, or whether you take the dog for a walk, do something for yourself today. Um, and, um, and know that whatever you're feeling right now is valid. It's real. And there are other people that share that story, just like ha Ashley was saying. Um, I think we heal through storytelling. And so either you need to hear someone else's story, or it might be time for you to start telling yours. So either way, stories heal people. And so Ashley, thank you so much for inviting me to share a little bit of my story. I'm so thankful for what you guys do. So thanks. Thank you, Corey. You are the best. And if you guys are listening, make sure that you subscribe because we maybe can talk Corey into coming back again. That'd be fantastic. So subscribe to the podcast. And wherever you're listening today, you can find the Life Giver podcast there too. You can go to Corey, what is your website? There I have two. There's CoreyWeathers.com and then there's life-giver.org. And you can go there to get Corey's book. You can go there to listen to the podcast. And if you need to get in touch with us here at No Housing Network, we are always here to connect you with anything that you need. Thank you so much again for joining us. And we will see you guys in a couple weeks. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Mill Housing Nation podcast. To connect with Mill Housing Network, visit us online at milhousingnetwork.com.